0: Welcome to the Goalie Hacks Podcast, the show dedicated to providing elite tips, hacks, and strategies to take your game to the next level, where we help you become an elite goaltender, one hack at a time. And now, here's your host, Mike Santaguida. Bang, bang. What is up, hackers? And welcome back to the show. I want to start off this episode introducing a pretty cool initiative you know, I'm going to start running on a bi-monthly basis, I think. You know, we'll sort of play it by year. But about four months ago, after I started the show, uh, I asked on my Instagram story if you guys would be interested in participating in Q&A type episodes where basically you guys submit your questions and have an opportunity to be featured on the show. And the feedback was nothing short of spectacular and everyone seemed so pumped. So it is my pleasure... To introduce to you guys an opportunity to have your voice and your question answered and featured on the Goalie Hacks podcast. You know, what an amazing opportunity for us to connect. What an amazing opportunity for you guys to get your personal questions answered and to be featured on the show. And what an amazing opportunity to bring this community closer together and for me to get to the root of your guys' problems right on the show. So in the next few weeks, once we get enough submissions, which hopefully will be plenty, I'd love for everybody who listens to the show to to submit a question. Um I'd love to have too many to handle. You know, it would it would make for some great episodes and, and for more to come. You know, even if you don't get picked in this current one, I think I'm just gonna keep the submissions and then just build on them. Um, you know, and, and it'll just make for some great content that I know everybody will be able to connect with just cause it's coming right from you guys. So once I get about five submissions, I'll sort through the questions and pick five guests to have their questions featured and answered per Q and a episode on the show. And so if you want to be featured and I encourage everyone to think about their questions, right? Like, you know, don't just jump on there. Think about it you know, maybe some things you're struggling with, and submit it to me if you want an opportunity to get your questions answered live on the Goalie Hacks podcast. So, to submit your question, head to speakpipe.com slash goaliehacks. The link will also be under the podcast tab on my website at goaliehacks.com, and the link will also be in my bio on Instagram and Twitter, or you can just type in the URL into a web page to go right there, Speak pipe.com slash goalie hacks. You literally just press record, keep your question, you know, uh, under 60 seconds if you can help it. You record yourself. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to sift through them, take those clips and put them right into the show and then answer your questions live off the top. So um, I'm really excited for this initiative. I always run these q and A's, the influencer q and A's, student guest q and A's. and now I'm giving you guys an opportunity to be featured on my podcast, the people who support my show, and I couldn't be happier to sort of bring you guys into the mix here. so um, you know, head over to speakpipe.com slash goaliehacks to get started today. Shout out to my newest patreon this week. Shay Spanier hailing from Williston, Vermont. Shay and I have been working together for some time now, and I couldn't be happier to bring him into my inner circle. And Shay and I met. uh, Shay actually watched me play at Vermont, and that's sort of how we, we started chatting about four or five months ago right when I came online. But thanks for your support, Shay. And I'm looking forward to working together and continue to help you pursue your journey of getting to pro hockey. We now have 10 inner circle members, and the feedback has been awesome so far. And if you want a chance to join our private group chat, and be a part of our monthly mentorship Zoom sessions where I give a talk and then open it up to Q&A from everyone. Uh, you know, people have an opportunity. We, we go back and forth basically. It's it's a really awesome opportunity to connect with me and other like-minded individuals and, you know, just continue to build and grow your game. So if you're really going to speed up your development, you know, just consider becoming a part of my mentorship program for some great value And as well as some great fun, we love to hang out, you know, we love to have fun and uh, post polls and stuff in the group all the time and and we have a blast. So head to patreon.com slash goaliehacks for more details or also click the link included in the show notes to get started today. Shout out to Neurotracker, our main sponsor on the show and we are so close to opening the new NTX platform up to the public. They're just putting the finishing touches on the registration process and then you guys will get access to an early bird discount Unfortunately, it's not the same discount as the initial early bird as that has come and went. And I think that's only fair to the people that took advantage of that and jumped on it right away. And so you get savings on this one, not as much as the beginning. In the begin that, that first early bird discount, you're getting close to 40% off, which was just out of this word. I don't think you'll ever see that again. So Make sure when this goes live, you guys take advantage of this offer because there likely won't be savings like this again in the near future. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for more details in the coming weeks. Without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. I know you guys are going to love the chat Jared and I had today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Goalie Hacks podcast. Today on the show, I have the pleasure of being joined by a fellow Avon Old Farms alumni, former goalie, and now the associate head coach of UMass Amherst jared demichael coach demichael has been playing and coaching at the next level for over 15 plus years now winning several league awards and three league championships during his time playing in the atlantic hockey division division one hockey for rit rochester institute of technology he went on to play over 30 plus pro games in the echl and five games in the american hockey league before retiring in 2012 after coaching two years at the d3 level he's now been a division one coach for the last six years. Jared, how you doing coach? Really happy to have you on the show.
1: Doing well, Mike. Thanks for having me. Always, always good to talk to a fellow winged beaver Avon old Farms alum.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's great to connect, man. I, I didn't realize you were an Avon alum until I looked up your elite prospects page. And I saw you're at St. Lawrence a bit too, while I was at UVN. Um, and we played against each other actually, actually pretty often, almost every year, I believe, if you remember.
1: Yeah, no. I remember that though. I think, I think we we might have beat you one time. Another time though, you stood on your head. You were pretty nasty the one game. I remember being kind of bitter about losing the game, but then you're an Avon guy, so that kind of softened the loss a little bit.
0: <laughs> no, it was good. It was always a dogfight. fight when we. You guys had some great goalies come through Saint Lawrence there, and now obviously you're at UMass too, and uh, things have really. Really turned around for the program there. Honestly, since I've been there, and and now you being there for the last little bit, um, who were your coaches while
1: you're at Avon? I'm curious. The um, so the the legend John Gardner, I'm sure he was your coach. He he was oh, yeah. head coach when I was there, and then uh, Dan Murphy was one of the assistant coaches. He went on to Taft, and I think he's at St. Paul's now. And then right Brian Doyle was one of the assistants. He's still there now. I think he might yeah. be the the dean of discipline and then uh Rob <laughs> was a uh, was a volunteer coach but Rob went on to coach um a couple prep schools and at Cushing and stuff like that. So we had we we had a really good staff, we a really good group of guys. I mean, we won the New England championship in 04. We went 27 and 1.
0: Wow. Nice. Not a big deal. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh I, I I honestly I don't know who hasn't been coached by John Gardner I think he's been there for like 60 years now
1: yeah no I mean it, it, Avon's had a pretty good tradition of goalies um like when I was looking at prep schools like Todd Marr was kind of the goalie I saw play and then Tim Warner played when uh when I was a freshman he was a senior he ended up going to UMass and then AJ Bacchino was there before me too we were there together he actually went on to UNH and now he's coaching wow. hockey, and then John John Quick. I mean, he, he's Jonathan Quick now, but at the time it was John Quick and I. We were the two goalies at at Avon, and even our our third stringer Ryan Donovan was actually a Division Three All American. So I not wow. know it, but we had a, kind of a wagon between the pipes for goalies at Avon at that time.
0: Wow, I didn't know that you played with him. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, that's some um, tough competition, honestly, <laughs> to to <laughs> sort of. <laughs>
1: Yeah, You no, I get me, some uh, minutes here, right? Yeah, no, I mean, whatever. Our our goalies at Avon, we were we were pretty pretty damn good, and uh, it was tough to get time there and stuff like that. But I mean, whatever. Being a goalie, you got to get used to the grind. So uh, yeah, I think it was a good thing for me to experience in high school and kind of prepare me for juniors and college and stuff like that. I mean, would have liked to get a little bit more playing time, but uh, obviously, Quick played really really well and deserved all the minutes that he got. Um, would have been just nice to get thrown a bone every once in a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it, it is what it is. We want a championship and that's what it's all about at the end of the
0: day. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, shout out to Avon old farms. Um, <laughs> and, uh, we'll get into that a little bit more, but, uh, let's jump right in and get going. You know, maybe you can start off by telling our listeners a bit about your journey, you know, just leading up to where we are today.
1: For sure. So, um, I, I grew up in a small town called Harlington, Connecticut, um, grew up a huge Hartford Whalers fan. That's how my family got into hockey. My dad, uh, my dad's more of a, a baseball basketball guy. Um, but we used to go to Whalers games and that's what got me into it. And then, uh, started off as a Ford. And then the first year of Peewee, I got cut from every single team. So, uh, I'm like, Hey, if, if I'm a duster, I might as well switch positions and play <laughs> street hockey and try goalies and, Loved Sean Burke and Jason Muzzotti for the Whalers back in the day. So I was like, why don't I try out this goalie thing? And um, picked it up pretty fast. And within a few years was playing triple-A. Nice. Um, after playing triple-A, like in, in Connecticut, like you, you go to prep school, um, juniors didn't kind of have the same notoriety that it does now. And um, looked at a few different prep schools. But Avon was always kind of my dream school. Like I, I played for Avon Youth Hockey. Um, so I'd seen a good amount of Avon's games, saw the Avon Army, knew the tradition of good goalies that came through Avon. So ended up going to Avon and then was yeah. on for four years. After four years of Avon, um, went on to play two years of junior hockey. Um, my first year I was in the NA, I was in the Mall, um, playing for Springfield. And then the second year I started off in the EJ with the, the Boston Junior Harbor Wolves who are now defunct. And then um finished off in the USHO with the Indiana ice and the Chicago steel and then was really lucky in March that I got an opportunity to go to RIT and then um went to RIT for four years and then after four years RIT we had a pretty good year my senior year our our team made it to the frozen four which was an unreal
0: experience
1: and then um played parts of two seasons pro and after those two years of pro my second year pro I was kind of Packing up my car and packing up my bags more than I was stopping pucks, so I thought I'd need to get into a different profession and uh, got gotten into coaching and um, haven't turned back since. I did. I was at NAS for um, two years and one year recruiting it was a brand new program, and then was at Saint Lawrence for two years and we had some pretty good success there. We went to the ECAC Final Four for two years, and our goalie at Saint Lawrence had a ton of success. And then I've been at uh, UMass for the last four. We. Uh, we went to the national championship last season and this season we we're on track to be, uh, an NCAA tournament team until the, uh, coronavirus and the covids took over the world. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. it's unfortunate, man. Uh, yeah. for everybody, you know, crazy how it all just sort of came to an end and it's just a wash all the seniors, you know what I mean? That, uh, I'm sure had high hopes, um, you know, to, to do something big, but, uh, it is what it is i guess we got to sort of roll with the punches and i'm sure that you're you're putting in a lot of work on the recruiting side to, to keep the the good tradition going that uh, uh cal mccarr has has sort of i guess started there uh, lighting a fire in that program um i didn't realize you you actually grew up around avon initially before i had looked at uh, your background but maybe you could just touch on your you know your prep school experience a little bit do you think going there and Going the prep school route and set you up for success throughout your career, both as a goalie and professionally. Like what are some of the pros and
1: cons in your opinion going that route? Yeah. No, I mean, like I said earlier, um, I like I played youth hockey for the Avon Panthers out of the same rank where Avon Old Farms is. Like that's the the first time I, I put on goalie pads was first year pee So I played there. And like I said, like I'd go to the Avon games and they I thought they always had the best student section. Um, and you always knew about players going on to play division one and playing pro and, um, alums like Brian Leach. He was kind of a big name at that time. Um, but there was a multitude of guys going on and having success at the college and at the NHL level. Um, so I looked at, I basically narrowed it down to like four schools. Um, and I was maybe a little hesitant with Avon with it being all guys at first. Um, but when I, when I did my overnight and, and met a bunch of the guys, um, I, it kind of just hit it off and felt really, really comfortable. And, um, I was really, really happy with my decision. I mean, I ended up repeating my freshman year and did four full years there. And, um, nice. I wish more kids did it today, but I, I mean, not trying to pump my tires, but I was try varsity. I was varsity soccer, varsity Unreal. hockey varsity oh, baseball. Wow. Um, and we I do a
0: good baseball team there too.
1: Yeah, no, we, we had a, we had a wagon of a baseball team there too. Um, but, uh, Like I I felt like my parents and I felt like at that time, like just prep school was the way to go being in Connecticut. And, um, my family moved right into Avon at the end of my sophomore year. Um, not trying to whatever be too much of a softy, but I'm a little bit of a mama's boy. I I lived on campus, was a monitor and all that good stuff. But on, on Wednesdays and Saturdays, my mom would bring me like her homemade pasta sauce and pasta and chicken parm. Um, Oh man, you're lucky, buddy. Yeah, I think I think the food's a little bit better now at Avon than when I was there. But we had like turkey. I don't know,
0: man. I'm not too far (laughs) off. I don't know.
1: (laughs) When I was there, like we had uh, like turkey sandwiches and tomato soup on Wednesdays, and like we got a game coming up. Like I'm I'm an Italian boy. Like give me some pasta, give me some carbs, give me some chicken. Like let's go. And um, but no, like I'm really really happy about going going to Avon experience, and I still have whatever lifelong friends from there. Um, four of my groomsmen were guys that I went to high school with at Avon. Um, so I still keep into, in touch with a lot of guys from Avon, even being a coach now, like the Avon network for, for hockey wise, for me in recruiting, like I can call guys that are NHL scouts or prep school coaches or junior coaches on the land. it's been, it's been helpful on that. And I mean, um, it really, really helped out academically, like the smaller classroom sizes and stuff like that um sure i do think it is a little bit different now like junior hockey has a little bit more of a pull i think in today's day and age like i think i still would have gone to prep school um being a connecticut kid but i don't know if i would have gone for all four years like maybe just junior senior year um and things like i mean in in hindsight like probably should have gone to a place where maybe i would have got more time and stuff like that but yeah um whatever sometimes you got to go through some some bumps in the road to make you earn it and make you learn to grind stuff like that But yeah. No, still has a special place in my heart I still go back for the the christmas classic every year for recruiting and whatnot um hit up the uh the the pizza place there in town and uh get a bite to eat so no Avon's an awesome spot
0: yeah yeah i think uh you kind of you said something there about repeating and and it's funny actually when i was at avon when i and you got you were coached by uh john gardner as well you know he walked into my room uh i remember my senior year, was like five games in and I was doing really good. And um, I had gotten an offer from like Trinity, Trinity College, D3. And they were sort of going to lowball me into the school. And he was like, where are you going to take it? And I was like, not really. You know, And he's like, well, why not? And I was like, well, I want to play division one. And at the time, you know, that was sort of the time where I think that people, a lot of college coaches and stuff were really starting to say like, hey, we want to see you go play junior first. Um, and he was really against it. And obviously things have changed a bit. But going back to what you said about repeating, repeating a year for me, because I, I didn't go, go there four years, I three years here at public school in, in Toronto and in Southern Ontario. And, um, but then repeating my junior year and sort of getting another crack at like doing the school thing, and just sort of lengthening my development, I think really sort of worked in my favor. Um, and you obviously eventually figured it out as well. Yeah. Um, so after Avon, you went to play in the NHL, uh, and then the following year in the EJ and then the USHL as well, that same season, you know, maybe describe to us the process you went through to, to get your foot in the door with those opportunities, um, to eventually get an opportunity to play at the USHL level and
1: work your way up. Yeah. What's, uh, what's kind of funny too, Mike, my, my senior year of high school, um, I was actually more recruited for baseball than I was for hockey. Um, Trinity, like you mentioned, they're a NESCAC school. I was actually looking at Williams and the baseball coach wanted me really bad. Um, and I was a pretty strong student, but I didn't do the best on SAT. I think I you needed to get it like around an 1150. And I was just below that, like around 1100 or 1120. Yeah. Um, but if I had gotten that, like I probably was going to go right to school and go to Williams. And I remember meeting with the, the hockey coach and the hockey coach is like, yeah, like The baseball coach really wants you. Like, you can be our third stringer for four years. And, like, Williams is an unreal education. So I was seriously considering it. And when I couldn't get my SATs up, I was like, hey, like, I really, really love hockey. So I'm going to give this junior hockey thing a whirl. Um, And how it kind of happened in the NA was uh, I I played some games for the Harford Junior Wolf Pack, which was just starting up in the AJHL, the Atlantic Junior Hockey League. And our coach had a connection with Springfield. Um, and my goalie coach that I did a lot of time with at that time was Dan Stewart. And he knew the coaches out there in the, uh, Springfield. They didn't draft me. They didn't tender me. Um, they saw me play a few times, but they asked me to come out to an open camp. Um, I guess I played halfway decent at the open camp and then I got invited to their invite camp and at the invite camp played really, really well, um, beat out some draft picks and there was one returning goalie on that team with me. His name was Wes Russell. He was actually committed to Quinnipiac and um, ended up making that team just off of going to an open camp and then beating out the draft pick goalie um, nice, man. from there. But the, just junior hockey, to, from prep school to junior hockey, I just felt like the the NA was maybe just a little bit stronger, a little bit more controlled. Um, at that time, like I thought prep school had like a ton of speed and skill, but mm-hmm. it wasn't quite as much as a man's game in the gnaw. Like the null at that time was – we were in the, when Springfield. I played in the NA South and that, that division was like old school with a Texas tornado. And there was probably at least one to two fights every single game. And, and the NA is not like that whatsoever ever like that at all now. Um, but the, the NA South back then was, was a grind. I remember my first road trip um, that year in the NA Santa Fe was just moved from Lone Star, Texas. And it happened like two weeks before the season. So we didn't have time to book a flight. So we had to bus from Springfield, Illinois to Santa Fe, New Mexico. And me being a prep school kid, like in prep school, like you're on the bus for an hour and a half, two hours, maybe, but yeah. got on that 26 hour bus ride and I don't have a pillow. I don't have a blanket. Like I'm just sitting there like freezing my nuts off. And, uh, <laughs> we, we finally went to a ref stop and I bought like a, a white wolf like coyote looking thing, blanket and a pillow. Like you'd see like people wearing those funny shirts that people wear with like white wolves on them. I had like yeah. a blanket like that. And that was like my blanket and pillow for the year. And the guys <laughs> hurt me for it, but I love that thing. <laughs>
0: <sighs> uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, y- y- and then getting to the USHL, you mm-hmm. know, for you, uh, what was the hardest part about, about transitioning from, from prep and then, then all the way to tier one junior in the U S the,
1: um, I I'd probably say just like being a goalie at that time for me, like I was underdeveloped Mike, like I was whatever six yeah. one, but like I was 170 pounds, 165 pounds soaking wet. Like I wasn't very explosive. Like I think I had some pretty strong compete and a decent goalie IQ, but just you're playing against kids that are more physically mature um more mentally mature and uh just finding that consistency was tough um after my first year in the NA like I thought it went pretty well and at the end of the year meeting my, my coach was just like hey like um you're gonna have to try out again all over for the team and when he told me that I'm like well like if I'm not like, guaranteed a spot after like kind of grinding it out for a year yeah. like I look for other places and um, I went and tried out for the Chicago Steel in the USHL. The goalie coach in, in the NA had just been hired there for Chicago. So I felt the connection. Um, nice. And he was just like, hey, like we need an older goalie. I was going to be an age out. And he's like, we want someone with experience and felt like pretty connected there and went to camp, had a solid camp. And then going into like the last day of tryouts, they traded for another overage goalie that had USHL experience already. So they were like, Hey, like, we're going to cut you loose. Like we're not carrying two overage goalies. So it mm-hmm. happened, um, didn't really have a team. And then the Harbor wolves team in the EJ gave me a call. We're just like, Hey, you can play just about every single game. Uh, at that time too, the EJ had a really good reputation with being, being a lot of new England schools in the area. It was really easy for teams to come out and see a play. And um, our team on the Harbor wolves, we were not the strongest. That's me sugarcoating it pretty nicely like we were pretty weak but I, I faced a ton of shots got to play a lot of important minutes and around Thanksgiving time uh, an Indiana ice scout I guess was at a few of our games saw me play thought I played well and was like hey like do you want to come out to the USHL and our team was kind of struggling and um, I was emailing coaches was like going up and talking to coaches after games being like hey like What's, what's your situation at with goalies like what how would you think today what do you think i can get better at and was kind of getting the heisman from some school so i was like hey like if i go out to the ushl and that's the best league if i have success out here like there there's no way that they can doubt that i'm a division one goalie yeah, so sure. um went out to the ice it took me like i was maybe out there for like two or three weeks before usa hockey like opened up my rights and then they finally did my first game like i would just say i played fine like I wasn't good. I wasn't bad. I was just fine. And then kind of crazy was home for Christmas time. And on Christmas Eve, I was skating at Avon old farms with some other former players that come back from college and junior and skate there and got off the ice on Christmas Eve. And I got a call from the coach there on the ice. And he was just like, Hey, um, just want to let you know, you, uh, we're bringing in another overage Ford. And because of that, we're going to have to trade you or put you on waivers. Um, I know this isn't what you want to hear, but Merry Christmas. So I was like, Oh crap. Like I'm without a team again. I'm an overager and um, I'll never forget on Christmas day. I I just bought like a ton of Indiana ice swag. Like I had a t-shirt and a hoodie and stuff like my mom already had it all wrapped up. Still gave it to her on Christmas. And I'll never forget like she's opening up the presents and she's got tears coming down her eyes. Cause the team that I just got released from traded from, I gave her their, their swag for Christmas. So that was kind of, little bit, funny, whatever, a little emotional, but um, the Chicago steel ended up picking me up on Christmas day. And then Chris, the day after Christmas boxing day, I drove out to Chicago, got out there. Um, and Chicago, our, our team was just okay, but I ended up playing a decent amount of minutes. And um, I got, I mean, I had some good games, had some bad games, just trying to find that consistency, but the, the USHL back then, and now is it's, it's the number one league in the U S just the the amount of skill, the amount of speed, the the coaching in the league too. Um, Both teams that I played for in the USHL had goalie coaches. Um, So like those types of things, like it really come a long way from what it was maybe five years before I got into junior. But um, it was no joke. Like um, the team that won it that year was Des Moines and they had Kyle Ocposo and Trevor Lewis and Jeff Petrie. Um, They had a really, really good team. And our team in Chicago, we were in last place, but we legged the league in commitments. We had like 20 plus commitments. Wow. So if you're in last place and you got 20 plus commitments, like it's a pretty good league.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. I'm just curious if you could go back maybe and, and, you know, through all those experiences, trying to trying to make your way in the USHL, if you could go back and change one thing, you know,
1: what, what would that be? I, I probably would have put in a little bit more time um off the ice in the gym like i said earlier like i was just a a weaker goalie like i wish on maybe mondays and tuesdays i would have done some things in the gym um just to help my core strength my leg strength just felt like sometimes whatever you play three and three and you're on the bus and you get back sunday and your your legs just feel like snot like that Day, like it would have been important. It would have been better if like I got on a bike ride or did some squats, some lunges, some core work, some planks, just to kind of activate my body again. And there was a lot of times I would just get in on Monday and a lot of times in junior hockey um, at that time. And I think it's different now, but like it, it would have been more helpful to kind of in college, I I got into that kind of mindset, but I really felt like monday tuesday wednesday getting some good lifts in in the gym like it helped repair my body in college and i wish i would have done that in junior i think that would help my body hold up and uh would help my mind hold up a little bit longer too
0: yeah yeah so while you're playing junior you know trying to work your way up you know trying to get seen by colleges maybe take us through you know how you started talking rit how you got on their radar and how you eventually were able to co- to get a commitment there
1: Yeah. So RIT actually saw me for the first time when I was playing for the the Harbor Wolves, the assistant coach at that time, Scott McDonald. um, He saw me at the game. He didn't even speak to me. Um, But the one game, like, I think we lost two to one, but I think I might've had like 50 some odd saves. Um, And then I guess he stayed and watched me play again, played strong again, but again, he still didn't speak to me. Um, And then when I went out to Chicago As soon as I got out to Chicago, I emailed some schools and RIT was one of them. And I think coach McDonald, he might've called me like right after he got my email and was just like, Hey, like, we didn't know you just got picked up by Chicago. Like we need a goalie for next year. Um, And from there we started to talk. Um, I mean, there was probably a handful of schools that I was talking to, but for the most part, a lot of the schools were just like, Hey, like if you want to come in and be our third stringer for four years or you can come here, but you're gonna have to buy your own gear and things like that. I'm like, man, like this is division one hockey. Like I want to kind of feel wanted. Yeah, uh, for sure. And RIT for me, just kind of checked off all the boxes, like uh, growing up in Connecticut, like you, there's a lot of college hockey in that area. And a lot of those teams just kind of like shunned me. Um, so I kind of wanted to get away from Connecticut a little bit. So Rochester, about five hours away, I wanted a larger school and RIT at that time was around 16,000 students. I think it's a little bit bigger now. Mm -hmm. Um, but I wanted a school that's, um, like a school that I felt like was pretty strong academically, like academics going to Avon and then going to college, like was really, really important for my family and I, and RIT is an unreal college academically. Um, I mean, for me, it's basically an ECAC almost to an Ivy level school. So check that box. And then it's a hockey first school. The, um, like when when we were there in college, like we we sold out almost every single home game. We had a ton of success. All those pieces were in place there. So um, I flew out and did my visit. I think the first week of March or the second week of March. I was still uncommitted at that time as an overager, my last year junior. And um, I remember calling my dad um, my during the day there and my fly down, and I was just like, "Hey, like I think I feel pretty comfortable. Like good group of guys. Like." the coach has been really honest with me and what's kind of crazy too, is when I visited the head coach, like, and Wayne Wilson, he's still the head coach now, but Wayne was very honest with me. When we sat down, he was just like, Hey, like, we have two really good returning goalies. Like I can't promise you any starts your freshman year. I'll try to get you one if I can, but you're going to have to earn that through practice. But we have two goalies that we really, really like, but the one's going to be a senior when you're a freshman. And if he moves, when he moves on, that's going to be kind of your opportunity to get more minutes, and it was just kind of refreshing for a coach just to be like, "Hey, like yeah, you're, going to sure you, right. you're going to have to earn it." Um, and I committed right on the visit and felt really, really comfortable with it. And um, yeah, I was really excited for that freshman year, but was I thought I was ready for college hockey, but it's uh, was a, a bigger step than what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, for sure. And
0: for other kids looking to get exposure, maybe you know, looking to get seen by division one coaches, what's some advice you can give them to increase their exposure or get in contact with them to get on their radar?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think from a goalie perspective, um, like I think it's very easy to email schools. Like if you just want to give them a, a short snap at where you're at in your career, where you play um, your, your grades, your academics, what you're looking to major in. And then obviously for a goalie too, like if you can put together short highlights, even of a goalie session, or if you have game film and put that in the email, like that's the easiest thing there. Um, like obviously your season, how you perform in season is going to open up the most eyes, but in the summertime, if you're trying to go to maybe an exposure camp, like there are some good ones, you can go to one or two of them. I wouldn't tell you to drive all over God's green earth and try to hit up every single one. Yeah. If there's a couple out there that you think are, are really, really strong, um, USHL camps are really good places to be seen. So, um, usually when, when kids or families ask me that, like I say in the summertime, like, Hey, like if you can make a USHL camp and then maybe do another camp here or there. And if there's certain coaches that you want to be seen and see you in person, then go to those camps. But, um, sometimes too, like it's better for you to just train and work with your goalie coach at home and get bigger and stronger, than trying to get as much exposure in the summertime because you you need some time off physically and mentally.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Those are uh, unreal tips. Um, Mm -hmm. So you go to RIT, you know, your first year, you got, you got a couple games and then the next year you got a handful more. Um, And as you sort of alluded to uh, you know, the coach was pretty straight up with you, which I think is sort of hard to come by to be honest. And, and you finally get your, you can finally get a starter while your junior year and your senior seasons, you know, for you uh, and you just mentioned it, what was the hardest part about transitioning to college hockey from junior hockey that you can get uh, some other kids advice to look out for?
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest thing with college hockey, like college hockey is a man's game. Like um, our team at RIT, most of uh, the freshmen were 21. I think we only had like, we had one that was 19 and one guy that was 20, but literally my freshman class, we were all 21. So the, you hop on the ice and most of the guy, the upperclassmen are 23, 24, like they're they're big boys. They're strong. Um, so again, how I mentioned earlier, like I, I, I really cared about my training in the gym and my nutrition. Like I was pretty devoted with that stuff. Um, but I really think the strength coach at RIT, like he really helped kind of zone in my training, um, Like I would, I would go to the gym before college, I would go to the gym five days a week and kind of just did what my buddies did. And there wasn't much of a rhyme or a reason for it. But at the, as my freshman year went on, like I kind of was maybe a little bit of a nerd, a dork in the gym, just kind of learning about techniques and things that could make me better as a goalie and Mm -hmm. certain exercises, whether squats or lunges or deadlifts or some core work, like I could feel myself through that freshman year get stronger and then I could feel myself in the net being more explosive or more crisp with my skating. Or if guys were coming to screen me, I wasn't yard sailing it and falling over. Like I was holding my ground a little bit better. Um, so, but I remember my first few practices just being surprised on how strong some guys were. And even to like going in the gym, like I remember one of the upperclassmen like ripped out, ripped out like 30 pull-ups. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Like 30 pull-ups, like, I can do ten if I'm lucky. Like, is this guy on steroids or something? And he wasn't. Steroids are against NCA rules, but um, <laughs> like the, there were some savages on the team, and I think I just I really needed to devote myself in the gym and get, yeah. get confidence in the gym, and then it gave me more confidence on the ice too.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. It's uh, and 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 maybe you could just touch a bit on you know uh, having gone in as sort of an overager because even when I went to Vermont. Like we, my freshman class, when I went there, was like 10 kids. And uh, I think there was one kid that was the same thing. One kid was 19, everybody was 20 or 21. And and maybe you can just touch briefly on, you know, uh, why they take kids a little bit later. Why why don't they take kids at 18 years old? Why is it so hard to go play at 18 versus when you're a little bit older?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'd say that like the, the biggest things and, I think people that are hockey people understand it, but if you're not a hockey person, you're ingrained in it. It's hard to understand, but college hockey, it, like I mentioned, it's a man's game. There's a lot of college hockey teams that average age are older than teams in the AHL. So it's an older, stronger league. If you want to have success, if you look at the teams that have whatever play in the NCAA tournament, go deep in the NCAA tournament, like they're usually older teams, our team at UMass a couple of years ago that played the national championship game, we were mainly sophomores and juniors, but most of our sophomores and juniors were all, for the most part, age outs, except for um, like a stud like Kale McCarr and Mario Ferraro. Um, but yeah. even those guys, they came in at 19. Like they were their their late birthdates. So they could have came in as true freshmen, but to their credit and their family's credits, they just didn't feel like they were ready for it. But um, I think mentally, too going to junior hockey, it helps you grow up as a person, not just on the ice, but off the ice. Like it's, it's good to live in a billet. It's good to learn how to cook your own meal. It's good to learn how to make your own bed and, and um, work a job. Like when I was in junior, like I worked at, I mean, people are going to laugh at this now, but back then, like Abercrombie and Fitch and American Eagle were cool. So like I had a job there and just doing those things kind of helps you grow up and, When when kids come to campus and they're a little bit older, it helps where we don't have to per se handhold them as much. So kids have been off in junior hockey. They've been away from mom and dad. They they they've been on their own. They know how to take care of themselves. They are street smart. They've been in different situations. They know how to handle themselves socially. Um times you can if you're living at home, you can be kind of sheltered and your parents can kind of take care of you and, and things like that. So I know for me, like juniors was awesome. I can remember um some of my aunts and my uncles when I went off to junior hockey. They're like, you know, like what the heck are you doing? Like you're not going to school, like you're just <laughs> gonna turn out to be a deadbeat, like you're going to college when you're 21. Like, what the heck is that? And I'm like yeah, oh, traditional thinking, right? Yeah, they don't understand the the college hockey culture. And for me, like my only chance that I was gonna play division one college hockey is if I went in as a twenty one year old freshman. Like that's just what I needed to do. And there are studs in the world like Spencer Knight that commit to a college when they're in bantams and go in as a true freshman. But for the most part, like you know this, Mike, for the most part, most college goalies are 19, 20 years old around there. And there are a few 18-year-olds and there are a few 21-year-olds. But for the most part, like goalies just go into college older and you, you got to have a little bit of a maturity. You got you to gotta be a little better with age, like a fine line. Well, it's, (laughs) I
0: mean, it's funny when I finally got to college, you know, I was wondering when I was 18, um, I was like, man, why I'm doing so well. And, you know, these things and, but it's just, it really is such a big jump. And the first, my first college game ever was against North Dakota in North Dakota. And man, was that a wake up call? Like, you know, smack you right in the face thrown right into the fire. And it's different when you're like a player, right? And typically goalies are going in a little bit older because, It's not like a player where they can play you three shifts a game and sort of work you into the mix a bit. Whereas a goalie, you're out there. You're out there the whole game. You got to stop all these guys, 24, 23 years old, seniors that, you know, are like literally stepping off of in the spring college hockey into the NHL. And you got to be ready for those guys. Nobody's going to give you an easy time. No coaches, nothing, right? So lengthening that develop a bit and being more mature on both the physical and the mental side to sort of be ready for those challenges when they come is really why, you know, they hold back on, on committing to guys so early and it's really become a standard. I mean, there's like you said, like how many goalies have really jumped into the, into the whole country in the last even five years, like maybe a handful of guys, 18 years old, you know what I mean? True freshmen.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's few and far between. And for some reason, like those goalies that do that, get all the publicity, but that's not most of the goalies for the most part. And even in the NHL, like everyone makes a huge deal about Marc-Andre Fleury, like when he came in right at 18 and everything like that. But like most most goalies in the NHL, like they don't even get a sniff until they're 23, 24, 25 around that age. Um, it's just for some reason on social media and, and regular media, like everyone talks about like the freak studs. Yeah. Yeah talk about the the everyday goalie um like we have we have two really really good goalies for us at umass and they both came to college at 19 um and that's just kind of what they needed to be ready for college and it doesn't mean that they're not any good because they came to college when they're 19 like you have to be 18 like it's just so often parents are like oh like they want it kind of like a a cookie cutter setup yeah sometimes you're ready when you're 18 and sometimes you're not ready when you're 21. And when you're ready, you're ready. And that's great. And if you can do it when you're 18, sweet. And if you can do it when you're 21, that's sweet. Like it's just as long as you get there and long as you find a way to compete and have success, like it doesn't matter how old you are. just matters that you can play and stop the puck at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like exactly. It's all about your development, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Where, where are you at in your, in your, in your development, there's no point in playing, going to play college if you're going to get shelled and, and you, you know, you're going to ruin yourself mentally even too. Right. Cause uh, a lot of problems can, can sort of, uh, even when you go play junior, right. Trying to go play in the USHL when you're not ready at 16 could ruin you, man. I have seen it ruin guys, you know, some goalies, even in the OHL drafts, like up here, drafted first round, stuff like that. And then they're just not ready for that challenge. And it really ruins their whole career rather than if you were like a guy like you or I, and you sort of baby yeah. flipped your way into college and then leading into that, you know, your junior year, you win the league championship in the Atlantic division. And then the following year, you win another championship and, and are named to the first league all-star team, goaltender of the year, and the regional most outstanding player. You know, that's exceptional, man. And and just talking about your story a bit and then ending up there and grinding through it is, is honestly just so inspiring. But maybe you could just talk about the growth you experienced from when you first got into college and looking back, you know, what do you think allowed you to succeed and find a way to become a champion eventually?
1: Yeah, so my my freshman year, like I mentioned, like my freshman year basically went just like what Coach Wilson told me it was going to be like the two older goalies um, played ahead of me and they totally deserved to play ahead of me. They were a one-two punch and they played awesome. Like I think we led the league in goals against that year and nice. we, we won the regular season championship. And then going into my sophomore year, um, the other goalie returning was a junior, the senior had moved on and that junior goalie had to actually just won goalie of the year. And, um, to start my sophomore year, that, that junior goalie had a really, really good start. And I got one game early and I did not play well. I think I gave up about five goals to a team in conference and I had to kind of sit and watch the other goalie and the other goalie played really, really well. And then you never know how your opportunity is going to come up that other goalie ended up getting into a goalie fight. Like if you look it up on YouTube, him and the goalie from Canisius, like legit square up at center, right? He sat there the Ritter arena at RIT. They squared up and fought. It was awesome to watch. Probably wasn't the best thing at the time. So that goalie ended up, ended up getting suspended for two games. Um, So I finally, I'm I'm surprised there's only two games. I know. So he, he got suspended for two games and, um, the first game that I got to play, cause he was suspended again, I did not play well. I think I maybe gave up like four or five goals. It was a team that we should have beat. Um, but then the next game we played Niagara. And at that time, Niagara was ranked a top 15 team. I think they went to the NCAA tournament that year. Um, and I, I had a pretty good game. Like I think I was one of the three stars. Um, we, we ended up tying it, but, um, just, it gave me a ton of confidence. And then going into my junior year, um, the other goalie was still returning. He was a senior. I was a junior. But uh, at the end of that sophomore year, like in my end of the year meeting with the coaches, I was just very honest with them. Or I was like, hey, like, if I have a good training camp, can you just give me one of the first few games? And I need to have a good training camp and I need to prove to you that I'm in good shape and I need to be uh, an, an important piece of this team. But I, I want to earn that. But let me show you that. And if I show you that, can I get a game? And, um, I worked my nuts off that summer. I came in unreal shape. Um, I, I was whatever um, being a goalie. I really prided on, on myself on being in pretty good shape at that time too. In college, I tried to save my laundry. So I walked around without my shirt off a lot. I know the ladies like that a little bit too. So <laughs> going, going hard in the gym kind of helped out. But then the, the start of that junior year, um, my first, the first start that they gave me was our second game of the season. It was at Western Michigan And Western Michigan has an unreal student section. They're called the Lawson Lunatics. I didn't know that until the game, but um, that game too, Western Michigan has a few guys from the Chicago Steel that I played with. So um, it was kind of one of those situations, kind of similar, probably your first start at North Dakota, but it was kind of a a sink or swim situation. Like I think if I played well, I would have gotten some chance. And if I sucked, I probably was going to ride pine for the next two years And um, I think I actually got scored on the first shot of the game, but then after that, didn't give up a goal for the rest of the game. We ended up beating them two to one. I mean, it was a a fairly decent upset in Atlantic hockey school, beating a CCHA school. Um, And the coaches were awesome. They gave me a start the next weekend and a a big game for us at RIT is at Blue Cross arena. And we played against St. Lawrence. Um, We actually lost that game two to one, but again, played pretty solid. And, the, uh, the coach Wilson was like, Hey, we're, we're going to split you and the other goalie here for a few weekends and see what happens. And I kept playing really, really well. And the other goalie kind of dropped the ball a little bit. And then um, from basically November to December on, like I kind of took the ball and ran with it and got a ton of confidence. And um, I think I went on like a, we went on like a five game winning streak. And then uh, after Christmas, they decided to, to split the two of us again and um, kind of crazy too. Going the playoffs that year, we ended up winning the regular season championship. And I, I broke my wrist during our bye week. Um, kind of funny. Was doing box jumps in the gym, and the smallest box jump—that's maybe not even like a foot high. I was talking to somebody, not paying attention, caught my toes, went down, broke my wrist. And then the um, the next weekend, we played Holy Cross. The the other goalie played. And the games were super high scoring. We were the one seed. They were the lowest seed. And we ended up beating them in three games. But I want to say every game was like 9 to 7, 10 to 8, 11 to 9. Um, and I can remember after the last game, the guys were like, man, like we need you to play. So kind of like Ricky Bobby in, uh, in Talladega Nights, I we sawed off my cast. And uh, I played the next weekend. We just taped the snot out of my wrist. We ended up losing in the uh the final four for Atlantic hockey. But I think it just uh a lot for me, it gave me a ton of confidence that my teammates were like, hey, like we want you to play, we need you to play, even if your wrist has only been healed for like a week, like get in there and stop the puck. And I was like, All right. And then um going into my senior year, had a had a ton of confidence kind of how that junior season went. And um senior year, I mean it was, it was magical. Like we, uh, we won the regular season championship. We won the Atlantic hockey championship. We went into the NCAA tournament and um, we faced Denver. Denver was highly touted. Their goalie, Mark Cheverey was an all American. Um, and I think for our team at that time, like we felt kind of slighted, we felt kind of jaded. We felt like kind of disrespected. And it was kind of a chance on a national s- stage to finally kind of like punch back and show what you could do. And our team, we, we played awesome. We beat Denver and then the next night we played UNH, in um, who had just won the Hockey East regular season championship, and uh, we won the next night there six to two, and uh, that was also awesome too. Just being again an Atlantic Hockey school to make to the, to the Frozen Four, we ended up getting shelled in the Frozen Four to Wisconsin. Wisconsin, like that team was unreal. I think all six of their defensemen are now playing in the NHL. Um, but that that senior year definitely gave um, myself, a ton of confidence. It was an experience. It was really awesome too, for my family. Like sounds cliche, but your, your parents, your family, my sister, they'd been a lot through a lot, whatever, dealing with me kind of being a scrub growing up as a goalie and then trying to finally start to figure it out. And, um, it's my wife now. It was my girlfriend at the time though, at RIT. Um, like she was, she was super supportive and it was kind of cool for all, see all them kind of experience that and go to the frozen four and everything like that. So it was, it was an awesome way to, to end the uh, senior year would have liked to, to wake it all the way to the national championship. But I, I think that Wisconsin team, they were definitely the, the better team that night.
0: Yeah. Was there anything you did like either physically or mentally that sort of allowed you to find that rhythm eventually and be a little more consistent?
1: Um, Like I mentioned earlier, definitely the gym, the gym was really important. Like um, that going into my senior year that summer, I actually did an internship and it was mandatory at RIT that you had to do two co-ops being a business major I did one going into my junior year and one going into my senior year. And that senior year, I worked for Kodak, the film company. Um, And I had to put in 40 hours a week. And But to do that, I had to get there by like 6 a.m. And I would work straight from like 6 a.m. to like 4. I wouldn't take a lunch break. And then when uh, I got out, I would go to the RIT gym and work out there. I worked out four days a week. Um, I thought it was actually really smart too. Uh, the goalie coach that I trained with Dan Stewart, he kind of recommended to take some time away from the ice. So I actually didn't skate at all in May or June. And then after, uh, the 4th of July, then I hopped on the ice in July and I felt like taking that time out really kind of helped my hips, helped my groin, um, gave my mind a break. And then also when I got back on the ice, I got, it helped me get really, really excited to be back on the ice. Like I was a little yeah. bit out of the water the first few skates a little rusty but it really felt like that kind of helped with my body and my mind and then um that summer too um I started to train with a goalie coach up in uh, horseshoe valley by the name of Dave Tatarn he's worked with a, a multitude of very very strong goalies but I, I went up and trained with him for two weeks stayed at his place worked hard with him and then um I would go back and work with my, my goalie coach in Connecticut Dan Stewart Dan Stewart's now a goalie coach for the Sioux Greyhounds in the OHL but he owned an artificial ice sheet and I kind of skated exclusively with him for a couple weeks and skated with some pro and college guys the last couple weeks in August which I just really kind of felt like gave me a nice base from a goalie perspective and then skating with the pro and the college guys kind of got me some game reps and practice reps by the time I got to RIT like I felt like I was ready for training camp.
0: Yeah yeah just rewinding a little bit it's funny how you said he was like a because I think back to, you know, uh, like your goalie got into a goalie fight and that's how you sort of got your minutes. Well, when I got my first minutes in college, uh, it was because the other goalie was returning. They were, he was going to be the starter. They didn't even think I was going to play that much. And, um, you know, uh, he hurt his groin in training camp. And then the first weekend came around and they had no choice but to really play me. And then I played well. And I we we lost the first night like 4-2. And then the second night, we tied North Dakota, though. And honestly, that probably changed the whole trajectory. I didn't even win, and that changed the whole trajectory of of my college career, probably. Because then the next night, the next weekend, we played Penn State in the Wells Fargo Stadium. We won. And then the next night after that, I played Notre Dame had just come in the Hockey East. I think they're gone now, right? Yeah, yeah. But we beat them, and then we lost to them the second night. And that's when we started alternating again. But looking at the beginning of my career, like if I wasn't ready to finally, like I went in at 20. Right. And then I like they, they randomly got minutes and it was sink or swim. And if I didn't do that good, it probably would have my college career probably would have looked way different. I probably wouldn't have played like 70 games. Right. So yeah. but looking back a bit on, you know, you, you talk about you bouncing back, you know, from bad performances. What did you do either like? mentally or physically like what did you tell yourself that sort of allowed you to either bounce back from a bad performance or like what you said that one game you played good you gave up the first shot of the game how did you mentally sort of get over those those challenges when they came
1: yeah I mean the um I think a lot of times I would look back to to prior success in in games from prep school or for juniors um like you have some games and I'm sure all of us goalies have this like where there are some games where there's just no chance they can score on you. And I would kind of think back to those games and um, even too in college, like I can remember, I, I think I was very lucky with my parents. The they're, they, they, aren't hockey people, but they're super caring and loving. But I think the best thing that they did with me is they kind of just, they, they weren't afraid to let me fall. They weren't afraid to let me make mistakes and they were always super supportive, but I, I can remember talking to my dad after one of those bad games. And um, my dad never showed emotion to me after the games, but now he, he would share with me. He was like, Hey, like, I was just as pissed off as you were that like, I wanted you to play well. Like I wasn't mad at you, but I was mad for you just knowing all the hard work that you put in. Like I wanted you to play well, but I remember my dad would just be like, be the best player on the ice at Monday's practice, be the best player on the ice at Tuesday's practice. And I think if I, when I had those kind of so-so game, one so-so game, that next week, like I had a really good week of practice. Like I kind of had a little bit of a pissed off FU mentality. I was a really good teammate, but like, I was not getting scored on. Like at that time, people would talk a lot about Dominic Hasek about how hard he was in practice and he wouldn't want to get scored on. And I would kind of have that same mentality. Um, and even from the first drill in practice, like, you know, sometimes as a goalie, you want to get warmed up. You want to feel good. You want guys to, to snap it off from the blue line. Like I was kind of like, I don't care where they shoot it from. Like I'm going to stop every single shot that mentality. I felt like that's really kind of what got me back into it. Um, I would also, I would go on early and just do some basic skating drills, hand drills that would kind of help me feel like I I would get settled and get my hands under me. So like, if I felt like kind of, if I wasn't a good place, um, just a few basic drills, just skating drills, working your hands, working your stick, feeling the puck, those things were important. Um, but it's again, too, is kind of funny. I can remember on my mom too, after going into my junior year, I remember her just being like, Hey, just stop the puck. Like, it's easy. You just got to stop the puck. Like you don't have anything else, but to think about, but stop the puck. And I can remember there was a few times, maybe in my younger days, like I'd be like, Oh my God, like that kid's committed to that school or that guy's a draft pick. Like he, he must just be the best player ever. And then kind of just Clearing my mind and just being like, stop the puck, like that kind of simplifies it as much as you can do it. Um, so I mean, I I think too often nowadays parents are are afraid for their kids to fail, and that was kind of the the best thing for me. It helped me get thicker skin. It helped me work harder. It helped me get more focus. It helped me find solutions to the problems. Um, and that's I mean, I'm not the only one that has has had to be that way, but that's kind of what work, what worked for me, and that's how I had to find success.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of uh, your last performance only defines you, you know, if if you let it right, the best thing you can do is turn the page, right? And yeah. uh, if you let that sort of haunt over you, you let that pour into your next game and stuff. Um, that reflects poorly on you more than just flushing it and just showing people it was sort of a bump in the road, right?
1: No, for sure.
0: Um, So you go pro after your senior year and you have an opportunity to play five American League games, which is exceptional. So congrats on that. Um, And looking back at your experience when you first went pro, you know, what's the one thing you would go back and tell yourself to better prepare you for pro hockey and and to be successful in the American League?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing that I, I wish I could do is just be more open minded about the situation that you go into going from college to pro um like it i went into the mindset like i want to play in the american league and i'll probably have to start off in the coast but i want to get up to the american league as fast as possible and I, I i wish i kind of appreciated things in the coast a little bit more to get to the american league but um when i got to the american league i i think i i wish i would appreciate it more like i think i kind of had more of a chip like i should have been up here sooner like mm. i can stay up here and um I did have a couple good starts in the American League. I also had a couple crappy starts. So um, I think too, one thing that I was unaware of going from college to pro, um, when I graduated college, I was 25 years old, and for me, I was going into Washington Capitals training camp, and I'm like, hey, I'm a rookie, like I got to earn everything I can get, and then I, I sit down with the the goalie coach there, Dave Pryor and Archers Urbe, and they're like, hey, like they're like you're really really old you're 25 and i'm like how the heck am i old like i'm a rookie like i just finished training camp like i've only been here a week or two like how did i get old so fast so th- those kind of things i i wasn't kind of prepared for but the the american league kind of comparing it to college hockey these Coast league like the american league for me like the passing was very crisp the game was more structured it wasn't kind of as chaotic um like you just had to be prepared for guys to make passes and catch passes and and shoot pucks in awkward places where maybe in college or in the East Coast League guys couldn't make that pass or catch that puck or or one time that shot like those were kind of the big things from a goalie perspective that stood out to me
0: yeah and then when then you went on to play 25 games in the ECHL as well you know maybe you can give us some insight insight in your experience you know some things you did well when you went pro and then some things you think that, you know, other sh- other goalies should be on the lookout for maybe as as they start their pro careers.
1: Yeah, the um for for some reason, my, my first year pro when I was in the coast, I, I started the year in South Carolina. I don't know why, but like for me personally, like I just needed to be more mentally engaged. Um, I did my same pregame routine from college, same warm up routine. And just for some reason, that first year, like I gave up one bad goal um my first maybe three or four games and I always recovered from that bad goal but the the coach at that time too I guess he was not really happy about the bad goal that I gave up like I think I started I think I might have started like 3-0 and or 4-0 and but like he would it really bothered him that I would give up a soft goal so Mm -hmm. I think I should have communicated with that coach a little bit more um and in the coast too like we didn't have a goalie coach so I I would always after practice, I would always on stay on super late. I would take shots for skill development drills. I would play rebounds. I would play two puck three puck Like I would stay on forever. Um, I wish I was maybe a little bit more stern with my teammates to be like, Hey, like let me do this kind of this skating drill or this hands drill or using some stick saves or some post work. Like let me do a couple of drills and then we can kind of get into the games and stuff like that. But um I was a rookie and I just kind of kept my mouth shut and whatever the guys wanted to do, I would just do it. And, um, that first year pro in the coast, like it it went decent when I was in South Carolina, like, I think I could have done better than what I did. And then when I was actually up in the American league, um, I think it was the, the trade deadline in the coast, my coast rights got traded from South Carolina to Elmira. So that was, that was interesting. I was up in the American league. I think I was up there for around like, maybe a month or a few weeks and rights get traded. And I I knew that meant that I was going to get sent back down a few days go by. I get sent back down to South Carolina where I'd been traded from. So like I got to walk into the room and get all my stuff and get all my stuff out of the apartment and um, just kind of a, a weird feeling. And it's whatever, it is a business in pro hockey and, and, and stuff like that. Like you're going to be traded and that's going to continue to happen in pro hockey. But it was just kind of weird that, You're away and your rights get traded, and you come back like your car's in the parking lot. You got to clean up your stuff out of your stall, out of your house, and then you got to drive whatever fifteen hours. Um, So those kind of things too, you don't you don't uh, think about, but you got to be ready for it in pro hockey. Yeah, for sure, there's a lot of uh, transactions. I think that's like the biggest thing
0: that really catches people off guard is is the amount of transactions that go on, you know, left, right, up, down, and then being a victim of sort of like that bubble effect of guys dropping down and then you're getting dropped down and having to deal with playing at the lower levels and trying to play with that chip on your shoulder. Right. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. No, the um, I didn't mention it earlier. And this is, this is no excuse. Like I was a, I was a solid goalie. There's way, there's way better goalies out there than me, but um, things being about timing too. Like when I was at Avon old farms, Jonathan quick and I were there together and then I'm in Washington and Braden Holpe and I are together in the American league. Like, you knew quick was going to be pretty good. And then I got the pro and I, like, I knew Hopey he was good. Like, I knew he was going to be legit in the NHL. And I remember being at training camp and I'm like, Holy crap. Like this guy's 20 and I'm 25. Like maybe I should have signed here. Like I'm, I play behind a, a Vesna winner um, and a con Smythe winner in my career. So, maybe not the best timing in, in some places.
0: <laughs> I guess we're always, we're always rolling the dice, right? Wherever we go, you know what I mean? And uh... You and I talked about it earlier in the, you know, before we got on the call of like, it's just uh, the goalie world is so deep now. You know, there's just so many good goaltenders at the next level. And you got and, you know, nowadays you got uh, you got guys on American League NHL contracts in the ECHL. Half the league is NHL contracted guys, you know, so uh, learning to sort of deal with those politics, you know, learning to maybe not play every night. Um, because that day will come where you're, you're sort of battling for minutes and you're fighting a really good other goalie, um, and the world gets really small. Right. Um, but you decided to retire in, in 12 and, and pick up a goalie coaching job in D3 and eventually becoming an assistant coach and then moving on to coach at the division one level for the last six years now. Uh maybe you could just give us some insight on the ma- some major differences that you've seen between division 1s and and division 3 goalies in your opinion.
1: The um I I would say the the difference between the two is maybe just D3 like the the lower end is different than the lower end of division 1. Like across the board in division 1, like all 60 schools all have one or two pretty good goalies. In division 3, I would say maybe the the top half have D- division three has some pretty strong goalies. Um, but maybe the bottom half might be a little bit different, but Div- division three hockey is highly underrated. Um, our team at Nazareth, where I first started coaching, we, we had, uh, we had some pretty good goalies. We had one that went on to play pro. Um, so division three, it's not like it's the end of the world. If you go there, like you're not going to have a chance to play. Like one of our defensemen, like he had, he played in the coast for multiple years and played over in Europe for multiple years. So like, if you take your, your training, your nutrition pretty serious, you can have that. It's just maybe a little bit too of a different mentality, division one to division three. Like I'd say the the two schools that I've worked at in division one, like all the guys take sleeping, eating, training, pretty serious. Um, I would say division three maybe there, there's just not as, as many resources where you might not have um, the same type of food or nutrition and those things where it's on you, where you like you have to be smart at the dining halls and you have to be smart when you're cooking um, at your apartment and that type of thing and taking care of your body and that type of stuff. Um, but the the same amount of time, like when I was as a coach in D3 to D1, like I put the same amount of time into the goalie's um, when we're doing things multiple times a week and things like that. So, um, the division three, like the top D three teams are just as good as some division one teams.
0: Yeah, for sure. No, I, and, uh, I seen it too, even in pro hockey, you have, uh, some guys that I've had, uh, you know, an opportunity to play against the last few years, you know, uh, national championship D three goalies that could have easily played D one. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, for sure. For sure.
0: Yeah. Well, now diving into some of your work in the in Division One, you know, working with Saint Lawrence um, and now UMass Amherst, a top program in the country, you know, what are some of the characteristics that you look for in goaltenders when you're recruiting that that you won't, you know will will transition well from junior to college level?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, I think the first thing I look for is a goalie that competes. The um, I mean, you, you 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 play this way as a goalie, Mike. Seeing you play and coaching against you, but you, you got to have that compete level. And um, that was something that I think for me as a goalie, it took time to learn how to kind of harness that in prep school and junior and in college. But uh, even at the NHL go- level, the goalies that really compete there, those are the ones that are stopping the most pucks. And um, it's not just battling to make a huge save. It's those goalies that are competing to find the puck where you can just give up and drop to your knees and throw your hands up in the air because you're screened. But those goalies that really fight to find the puck can compete the puck. That's important to me. Um, I like goalies that have a good mix of athleticism and a technical side too. Like I I think you can't be put all your eggs into one basket, whether it's being technical or being athletic. Like I think you got to find a happy medium. And I think the best goalies in the NHL are a good example of that too. So recruiting, like I'll look for that. I like goalies that can play the puck. Um, if you can have a third defenseman back there when you, I mean, I, I as a, when I was a goalie, I really liked playing the puck. I, I know my defenseman really, really liked it. So I put a lot of pride into that. Um, and then a goalie that can kind of steal a game. That's kind of a, an X factor. Like if you have a kid that can steal a game or he can maybe face 20 shots and be lights out. And then a goalie that can stop 40 shots and be lights out. Like you've got to give your team a chance to win every single game. And, uh, those are probably the big kind of characteristics that that I like to look for a goalie. I mean, and, and obviously the, the, the intangibles too, of, of being a good person, being a good teammate. Um, those, those things do go a long way. I also too, for being a goalie, I kind of pride myself on, on, not being too much of a weirdo. The, uh, my, my wife and I joke around uh, the Michael Scott where she, she would say that I'm not superstitious. I'm just a little stitious. So um, when I, when I do recruit a goalie, I try to find one that I feel like is, is pretty normal. So like we can converse, we can have a conversation. Um, some goalies are normal and some goalies are like aliens and yeah, try to find up, ones I that
0: are be socially fit in with like the group. Right.
1: Exactly. I you know I'm I, I like to say I'm for the boys. I want my goalie to be for the boys too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I like that. It's uh those are some great points. You literally you hit everything that I I believe in a lot of that stuff too just having gone through it and obviously I'm not necessarily coaching, but uh that seems to be the common theme of of things coming up, you know. If you want to sort of make it to that next level, you got to show people you don't really belong at the level you're at, right? 100%. Um and for young goalies looking to play Division 1 hockey one day, you know, what do you think is a key element in their development that they should be focusing on or in your opinion what is the biggest skill that you can work on as a young athlete that will
1: eventually help you transition well to Division 1 hockey? The um the, the biggest thing for me I would say is skating. The 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 most time that you spend on your skating whether you're in a crease or you're in the neutral zone or you're with pucks working on your skating, being crisp getting to those spots as fast as possible, as clean as possible. Um, we, we talk a lot with our goalies. We say everything goes head, hands, feet. You, your head has to lead the way, then your hands, then your feet. And the the faster that you can get there, you can get to the middle, you can get depth. Um, for me, the, the best goalies in the NHL are the best skating goalies and uh, the best goalies again, for me in college are the best skating goalies. And, someone like you, Mike, like I think back to how you played, like you obviously you, you weren't six, five or you aren't six, five. Um, but your, <laughs> your, 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 skating for me was special where you're, you were elite getting the spots. You could get there fast. You could get out and challenge. Um, and that's how you could play big in the net. So if you have a good skating goalie and he's big too, like that's special. Like again, a lot of people talk about pecarine like Pecorine for me is a very good skater and then he knows how to compete from there too. Um, so it, it does, it does take time to find the right mix of being skating and technical and then kind of mixing in the compete athleticism. Um, and I think that times takes a lot of time to know when you just need to skate it out and when you need to skate and compete your nuts off. So yeah. those be the things that I would talk about.
0: Yeah, no, I like how you alluded to the skating. Cause, uh, and then even brought up the short, tall guy thing, right? Like it doesn't really matter what size you are. And even Pecorino, he's grown a lot since he's been in the NHL with his skating, right? Because the the game has gotten so fast and it's sort of forced, it force it sort of worked in my favor a little bit as a shorter guy, you know, coming up through the rankings, just because, you know, I, I always took pride in that skating and that mobility. And now the game is the hockey IQ is just getting so high. And, um, you know, it's, it's becoming so fast and so skill-based where everybody needs that skill now. And, and I like how you sort of mentioned just that ability to take ice. Cause I think when it comes to skating, not enough people talk about depth speed, right? Everybody talks about lateral speed, but as a small guy, if I can get closer to the puck, uh, faster, more often than you, and I can retreat back to my crease, well, then I can frame that net the exact same way that a six foot guy can. Right. Oh, totally. And, and that's something that I took pride in is sort of that depth speed, that ability to have that good crease management where like you play a little bit deeper when it's not a big threat and then have that ability to kind of come out and really challenge that shot when, you know, that guy's
1: about to shoot um, to take away some net. Yeah. No, there it's, it's funny you bring up that, like uh, again, not, not trying to pump my tires, but I remember save when we were in the NCAA tournament Just you know, whatever you as a goalie, you go back and you you got some rolodex of saves that you remember. But yeah, oh yeah, for sure. The NCAA tournament there, we're playing Denver, and in the second period, one of their D man just coming down Broadway, and he's got his his stick up by his ears, tickling it, just letting the freaking piss missile go. And yeah, my 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 team did an awesome job where they just cleared out the the middle part of the ice, and I like had so much depth, like you, I mean whatever, I don't know if people look things up on YouTube, but you can find the save on YouTube. Like I'm legit at like the hash marks and he <laughs> shoots it right into my barrel. And I, I just corralled it. But I remember that time, like, I just felt like that was a really good IQ save, but also yeah. being that competitive. Like I remember coming back to the bench cause there was a, uh, a TV timeout, like the whole bench loved it. Like the boys were like, D Mike's like, you just came out there. Like you literally just put your <laughs> out there so far. So like you, you think, those types of saves but uh another thing too i wanted to touch on mike like bringing up the skating my uh my second year of pro i went to boston bruins training camp and was lucky enough to, to be on the ice with Tuukka rast and tim thomas tim thomas another uvm alum like you but uh tuca rast like i remember just being so impressed by his skating and i mean i think i mean i don't know his his height and weight perfectly i think he's around six two plus or minus but like was just so impressed with his skating and how he got the spots, and I felt like no one could ever screen him because he would get to spots and we'd work to see pucks. Yeah. Um, and he's obviously had an unbelievable NHL career, but I remember just being on the ice with him, being like, "Holy crap, this guy is so freaking good!"
0: Yeah, it really puts into perspective, I guess, for like yourself, is like, "Hey, maybe, maybe there's a lot further that I need to go." Right?
1: Yep, yep. No, I think by that time I was twenty six and. Tukaras was like 23 or 24 i'm like all right this is maybe uh the time for me to get a different profession
0: <laughs> well it seems like it's turning out pretty good you know what i mean and we talk about exposure today we talked about what it takes to get to the next level and when we talk about some different routes you can go and the pros and cons uh but but jared is there any last advice you want to share with my audience that that you feel passionate about
1: no i i just think um I'm sure not the, the, the first person to preach this, but I I think for, for goalies out there, I think if you're looking for a place to play, trying to find a place to play that you can play the most minutes and understand that you're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days, but hopefully you have more good days than bad days. And, um, I think most colleges and most scouts understand that kids are going to have off nights, but you just need to have as many, as many good nights as possible. So, um, the, the goalie position for me, it's the best position in sports, but it's all toughest position in sports. And it takes a lot of time and effort, not just on the ice, whatever, doing things with your goalie coach and having really nice gear. I mean, even mentally just dealing with not facing a shot for 40 minutes or yeah. having a really bad game and giving up some crappy goals. Like how do you respond to that? And um, I think it it can be a special thing when you, when you're kind of down in the dumps and you work your way out of it and you learn a lot about yourself as a, as a person and as a goalie.
0: Yeah. I love that. Great advice, man. Well, coach to Michael, thank you for coming on the show, buddy. It's, it's awesome. Uh, you know, connecting with a fellow Avon goalkeeper and I know people are just going to find a ton of value in our conversation today on, you know, how to get to the next level. Um, can you just let my audience know where they can find you or your school online?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, uh, to find my school, it's umass.edu, U-M-A-S-S E-D-U. And then you can find the hockey team if you just go to umassathletics.com. Um, I'm on social media and things like that, too. So if you want to sauce me a follow on Twitter or Instagram, it's uh, mike 3316 D-E-M-I-K-E 3316. So uh, don't be afraid to uh, sauce me a follow and help my ratio out.
0: i love it i love it so go check out coach DeMichael, umass amherst all the all the links will be available in the show notes um he's been successful getting to the next level for decades now and he's now coaching at one of the most successful programs in the country and i know if you're looking to get exposure make that jump this episode is definitely for you maybe some somewhere down the road we'll have you back on the show if that's something that interests you man
1: I'd, I'd love to have, I'd love to come back. As long as the uh, audience doesn't think I totally suck, I'd love to come back.
0: <laughs> I'm sure they will. It was a great one today, but I'm grateful for you coming on. Uh, thanks for your time today. Take care, be safe, and we'll chat soon, man. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode, guys. If you like what you heard today, make sure to hit that subscribe button as we have tons of amazing guests lined up ready to come onto the show in the next few months. Make sure to tune in next week and every Tuesday from now on at 8 a.m. as I have the goalie coach from the back-to-back SBHL minor pro champs, the Huntsville Havoc, Brett Schaefer coming onto the show. And we actually recorded this one a while back, but I couldn't be more happy to finally release this episode as Brett and I give an inside look into minor pro hockey and what it takes to work your way up the pro louder and develop the skills to excel in this world. So make sure to tune back next week. Without further ado, here are the giveaway details for the Neurotracker X subscription we're giving away To enter the giveaway, if you're an Apple user, simply go to the Apple Podcast app on your phone and leave us a written review and rating. And if you're an Android user, you can also download iTunes onto your computer, search the show, and leave a written review and rating on there as well. Once you leave a review of the podcast, take a screenshot of it and either email it to goaliehacks at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram with your screenshot and your full name. If you guys are also interested in getting started with the product, feel free to hit me up either by email or Instagram direct messages to get more details. Get excited, guys. Great things ahead. I hope you enjoyed today's show and I'll see you next week.